Pod Network News. Where we give you a new perspective on events happening in our world today. This is GNN. This is God Network News, Episode 24. Welcome, GNN fans, to another episode of God Network News, the podcast that tells you what God's doing around the world, not what CNN tells you, but what GNN tells you is going on in the world. If you're tired of listening to all of that crisis network news and you want to hear what God's doing, well, give us a listen. We have a great episode for you today. And uh, we're going to continue with our theme on Muslims coming to Christ. And we have done a great interview with uh, a couple who works somewhere in the Middle East. And I can't tell you exactly where. And I can't tell you their names for obvious reasons. But uh, they are working with Shiite Muslims. Shiite Muslims are a large, major block of Muslims. The Sunnis and the Shiites make up the majority of the Muslims in the world. And they are working with Shiites, and they've got some exciting testimonies and stories of what God's doing amongst this very unreached people group. So let's get right into this interview. Well, we want to welcome you here to uh, GNN. Thank you so much for coming and being willing to share with us uh, what you're doing amongst the Shiites. Would you just start with just, um, you know, telling us what is on your heart? What's your passion for the Shiites? What's your dream? You know what we dream? We dream that entire Shiite Muslim families will follow Christ together. We want to see husbands and wives and children moms and dads and grandparents, aunts and uncles and cousins, follow Jesus collectively in Shiite communities all over the earth. You know, Shiites are actually the minority of all Muslims across planet Earth right now. Shiites number about 10 to 15 percent of all Muslims in the world. The Shiites actually began back in the days following the death of the Prophet Muhammad. When the Prophet Muhammad died, there was a big fight over who were the right ones to take over the leadership of Islam. And one group actually formed and they said uh, that, that the ones that they wanted to lead Islam had to be able to trace their bloodline to the Prophet Muhammad. And so this one group actually chose Ali, who was the cousin and the son-in-law of the Prophet Muhammad. And they said that he was from this uh, holy family, this uh, household of faith from the Prophet Muhammad. And so they said that they wanted to follow Ali. And the word Shia in Arabic literally means partisans of Ali, or the ones who follow Ali, the ones who carry the flag of Ali. So Shia, or Shiite, literally means those who are of the party of Ali. But they trace their their strong beliefs back to the fact that their leadership comes from the bloodline of the Prophet Muhammad. 
And shortly after the Prophet Muhammad died, you had that one group, Shiites, saying, oh, it's the blood that matters, the bloodline. And then you had another group of Muslims who said, no, no, it's not about the blood. It's about um, the traditions and the, the way that we follow the right path and the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad. That group of Muslims began to call themselves the Sunni. Now, the word Sunnah in Arabic literally means uh, traditions or the, or the right the the right path. And so today you've got two groups of of Muslims: uh, Sunni, the majority, and Shiites, uh, the minority. Yeah, and uh, you were mentioning to uh, me that even though they are a minority group and some have considered them pretty radical in the past, at least we hear that in the in the news, the CNN Crisis Network news, that uh, you have seen they do love Jesus. They they are attracted to Jesus. And there's this incredible openness among Shiites uh, for Jesus. And we have found that when we have kept the focus on Jesus, questions come and openness develops. And sometimes we sense that we can see the scales coming off their eyes and uh, the wax, if you will, coming out of their ears because it's not us uh, doing the openness. It's not us at all, but it's the Holy Spirit's work creating this openness among Shiites. I love what Peter says when he writes his letter in Second Peter in the New Testament, in chapter 1 of Second Peter, verse 16. Peter writes, For we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the power of our Lord Jesus Christ and His coming again. We have seen His majestic splendor with our own eyes. And, and that's what we're saying to you right now. Honestly, we have seen God's majestic splendor with our own eyes. And uh, we, we've seen God's majestic splendor with our own eyes, and we believe that it's in His plan to include people like you in His pursuit of Shiite Muslims. We need you, and we need you to pray and we need you to get involved in any way that you can because God is pursuing Shiite Muslims. You know, one of the verses that means a great deal to us comes from the book of John. You know, John chapter 10 is that passage that deals with uh, Jesus as the Good Shepherd. And one verse that has been very, very meaningful to us has been verse number 16 out of John. This is a verse that contains tremendous promise to us, especially as it concerns Shiites, because Jesus is saying that he has other sheep. They're not in the sheepfold yet. Jesus says he must bring them also, must, and that they will listen to his voice. There's no ambiguity whatsoever in that passage. Those other sheep are going to enter the sheepfold and we just consider it an awesome, awesome privilege to just play a small part in that. I remember one day uh, I was coming off a week of just these incredible encounters with Shiite Muslims. And uh, I had this picture of a, of a map 
of the Middle East and Central Asia. And all of a sudden, I saw this huge tsunami wave just go boom, right over uh, all the the area of the world from from uh, Afghanistan and Pakistan and India in the east, all the way across Iran and Turkey and Iraq and Syria and Lebanon. It was just this boom, wave. And I remember crying out to God, oh, no, please don't destroy these peoples. And I, I really believe God said at that point, I am getting ready to move among Shiite Muslims in a way that no human being can understand or comprehend or divert. And I'm going to do it with you or without you. But if you'll join me, I'm inviting you to join me. Well, I tell you, at that point, I realized that the holy God of the universe, the maker of heaven and earth, the Lord of heaven and earth, was giving me and us a tiny glimpse of what he was about to do. I've been amazed in the last several years. I've, I've lost count of how many Shiite Muslims I've met who've had a dream of a tsunami wave. It's this great tsunami that's coming after them. One lady actually had a dream. She said she was walking with her friend, and this huge wall of water was coming up to swallow her, and she was fearing for her life. She looked up, and she saw a man dressed in white standing on top of a mountain. And he said to her, spoke her name, and said, Don't be afraid. I'm here to rescue you. Another friend had a dream where she was running from a wall of water, and she turns around to grab her family. And uh, time and time again, uh, Shiite Muslims are having dreams of water or dreams where they see Jesus coming to them and rescuing them. In, in an amazing way, I've been, been so encouraged to see the way that God is giving this picture of a powerful tsunami of his activity among Shiite Muslims. He's giving it to believers like you and me. Uh, I remember one time getting a phone call and uh, heard that a, a friend had talked to a Shiite cleric who was following Jesus. And uh, and the, the man said, this is amazing what we see God doing. We could not stop even if we wanted to. And he said, this is like a wave, a tsunami of God's activity. And, you know, I love being a part of something that is just not of us, but is so God. I was just reading um, Oswald Chambers from his uh, devotional, My Utmost for His Highest, uh, the date, January 16th. He says, the majority of us have no ear for anything but ourselves. We cannot hear a thing God says. To be brought into the zone of the call of God is to be profoundly altered. The majority of us have no ear for anything but ourselves. We cannot hear a thing God says. To be brought into the zone of the call of God is to be profoundly altered. The words of Oswald Chambers in My Utmost for His Highest. It is an amazing thing to be brought into the zone of the call of God. And 
we ask that you keep your eyes wide open and your ears unstopped so you can let God write these precious people upon your heart. We ask that you pray with us that they would have dreams and visions of Jesus. We ask specifically that you pray with us that thousands of Shiites have the same dream in the same night so that they can follow Jesus collectively. That's a powerful challenge. Thank you. I'm sure that my audience uh, of uh, GNN will be very happy to continue to pray for the Shiite people. That's uh, powerful. Thank you for that challenge. We do take that up. A passage that means a great deal to us is from Romans chapter 10, verses uh, 14 through 17. And we're talking about the amazing openness among Shiite Muslims to Jesus. And it's not just them knowing about Jesus, but it's them hearing Jesus. Romans 10:14 says, But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is what the scriptures mean when they say, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? Yet faith comes from listening to this message of good news, the good news about Christ. I've read regarding this passage, some say that when the word hear is used in Romans, it's not simply hearing about Christ. It's not simply hearing about specific aspects regarding Christ, but it's literally meaning hearing Him, hearing Jesus. And, and that's our heart's desire, that uh, Shiite Muslims, the world over, will hear Jesus, not hear us. We may be the vessels, others may be the vessels, but ultimately that they hear Jesus. And that they follow him in obedience. That's the bottom line. One of the events in history that really marks uh, Shiites is, is something that happened in October of the year 680 AD. In those days following the Prophet Muhammad's death, uh, Ali, who led the Shiite community, he was assassinated, and his son Hussein took over leadership of the Shiite community. Hussein actually traveled with 72 of his family members and followers. They traveled across the uh, desert of southern Iraq. And uh, meanwhile, you had a big Sunni Muslim army that was coming the other direction from uh, Damascus, Syria. And those two groups met in the town of Karbala, Iraq. And for six days, the Shiites uh, defended themselves this small team of Shiites, you know, held off this several thousand member Sunni army. Uh, but after the sixth day, after the Sunnis uh, cut off their water supply, they came in and massacred. The Sunnis came in and massacred uh, Hussein and all of his family members and followers. The only ones who survived were some of the women and uh it was, a, it was a brutal massacre that day, October 10th, 680 A.D., 
Hussein was beheaded. All uh, all the men, a lot of the men's Hussein was beheaded, along with some of the other men with him, and the Sunni uh, Muslim army actually put the men's heads on top of poles and uh, marched them through the streets uh, of a town called Kufa in Iraq and then took their heads into Damascus, Syria, really to make a spectacle of the Shiites and to say, you know, we have conquered the Shiites and uh, we, are the, we are the true leaders of Islam. Shiites remember this battle even to this day, every year for the first 10 days of the Islamic New Year, they remember something called Ashura. And for the first 10 days of the Islamic New Year, they will relive that battle that took place in Karbala, Iraq, so long ago. What they do is uh, they will gather in homes and mosques, and they'll have a storyteller or a chanter who will actually recount the story of the battle in Karbala. And then on the 10th day, many Shiites, certainly not all Shiites, but many Shiites, will actually take razor blades and knives and cut themselves. Some Shiite communities in in Central Asia actually will take chains and beat their backs and their chests. And the point is for the boys and the men to shed their blood in order to identify with the sufferings of their Imam Hussein, who was massacred so long ago. We have found that uh, during these times of just huge grief and lamentation that the Shiites participate in, that it's a really holy time for us as followers of Jesus to fast and pray. And uh, I, I'm amazed at how God just wants to include us in his plan. He wants to hear us talk to him on behalf of these people that he loves so much. We've sensed over the years that even though those specific times are times of greater oppression, at the same time, there are times of even greater opportunity uh, uh, to, to simply be salt and light among Shiites. Uh, they seem to be times of heightened uh, attention to spiritual things. And this time of Ashura is really a time of collective lamentation. That's what it is, a time of collective lamentation and identifying in those sufferings. And one of the things that literally amazed us a few years ago is how this whole aspect of blood is so very, very central and very, very important uh, to Shiite Muslims all around the world. And we were just reminded and we continue to be reminded that uh, it's not the blood of men, it's not the blood of bulls and goats, but it's the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that saves. And, and especially we're reminded of that during those 10 days of Ashura. One night, one of our friends, a young Shiite Muslim girl, had a dream where she was walking across a desert and she came to a, a rope made out of blood, and she knew she couldn't pass that rope of blood, and so she grabbed it with both hands and began to cry. 
And uh, not long after, she began to to ask some followers of Jesus what the dream meant. And uh, as the followers of Jesus were able to share with her the significance of Jesus's blood and his sacrifice for people of every tribe, tongue, language, and nation, she she it clicked. It just it clicked with her, and she she's a, a follower of Jesus today. And it's it's just it's so cool how God actually gives a dream where He shows the significance of blood. And uses that dream to bring this precious girl into his sheepfold. God is using his word in tremendous ways among Shiites. I mentioned uh, earlier about this young man we visited with in our home for a three-hour visit. And toward the end of that visit, we were, we were talking about uh, Jesus and uh, how he claimed to be the Son of God. And of course, uh, Shiite Muslims don't believe Jesus as being the Son of God, but uh, this young man asked us the question. He said, he asked, uh, what does it mean, Jesus, uh, the Son of God? And <laughs> it's hard enough to answer that question fully in English, let alone in Arabic, but uh, we tried in Arabic as best we could to help answer that question until finally about 20, 30 minutes into it, uh, we pulled a book down from our bookshelf, and it was a uh, commentary on the book of John, uh, written by a friend of ours, and he's been a believer for many, many, many years. And uh, at the beginning of this commentary of John, uh, he has a series of articles, and one of those articles is entitled, uh, What Does the Term Son of God Mean in the Bible? And so uh, I turned to this friend and I said, look, here is an article uh, written in Arabic on what it means in the Bible, Son of God. And so I handed him this book. It's a commentary on the book of John. He was looking at the article and he read through the first page or two. And uh, we remained just silent. Uh, on the couch as he was reading. Well, we were praying. We were praying. Yeah, we, we and were silent, but we were sure talking to Jesus. We certainly were. And as we were praying and as we were watching this young man read, we could literally see his eyes open wider and wider. And it was as if we could see some of those scales coming off his eyes. And about three to five minutes later, he said, Oh, how I wish someone would have explained this to me this way when I was younger. This article just lucidly explained what the term Son of God really means from the Scriptures. And so God is using, he's using his word, he's using these commentaries, he's using dreams, he's using visions. God is the greatest communicator, and he will do whatever it takes to get through to Shiite Muslims to bring those other sheep into his sheepfold. You know, you look at Shiite Muslims and your first thought is, oh, they're terrorists. Oh, they want to kill us. And please hear us say, they're not all terrorists. They're not all out to kill you. We ask that you keep your heart soft and look at the nations, especially the Muslim nations, the sons and daughters of Ishmael. Look at these Shiite Muslims through the eyes of Jesus and pray for them. One of the things that we have been doing in recent days is praying 
really specifically for Shiite religious leaders, Shiite religious clerics. And we have been reminded that, uh, you know, in the New Testament, uh, Saul was a terrorist. He persecuted uh, Christians, followers of the way, uh, relentlessly before he had that Damascus Road experience. And he had that Damascus Road experience in Acts chapter 9. The scales fell off. Well, he was blinded. Uh, but uh, spiritually speaking, the scales came off his eyes and uh, he saw the light. He saw Jesus. And he changed literally from being a terrorist, from being a persecutor, uh, to one who... Uh, at that time, crossed the known world in his day and uh, and presented the gospel. And so we have often said, you know, we serve and love a God of the impossible. And if he can work in the life of old Saul, who became Paul, why can he not work in the lives of a few folks who... Who, who are hard on the outside and, and, and from a human way of speaking seems impossible to reach. But, you know, we love and serve a God of the impossible. And God did it to Paul. God can do it among Shiites, all Shiites, from those who are most open to those who are most closed. God can do it. And he is doing it. You know, you, you see these pictures of Shiites and you, you, you hear the, the sounds from their communities, and we want you to join us in agreeing with God that he's got a plan for them, that it's not about you and me just wanting them to enter the sheepfold, but like Jesus said in John chapter 10, he has other sheep that are not yet in his sheepfold, and he says, I must bring them in also, and they will be one flock with one shepherd, and they will hear my voice. It's a promise. It's not like they, the, the Shiites might hear God's voice, but they will hear his voice. Revelation chapter 5, that beautiful picture of the end of history, verse 8 and as he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they held gold bowls filled with incense, the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song with these words, You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were killed, and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have caused them to become God's kingdom and his priests, and they will reign on earth. This is also very powerful, guys. This is uh, fantastic what you guys are doing and such a challenge. And I, I just sense so strongly this is the Holy Spirit that's challenging us. I'm sure that anointing and that, that Spirit of God is coming through to the audience here. And can you tell us, how can we pray? How can we pray more diligently? Do, can you give us some specifics? You, do you have any email address or someplace we can get more information to really pray with understanding? Uh, I'm sure there's many people that are listening to this now that would, would love to pray for you and your ministry and specifically for the Shiite people. We want to invite you to do that, and we want to invite you to do that on a consistent basis. 
and uh, invite you to learn more about who Shiite Muslims are and really what God is doing among Shiite Muslims. Here's an email address for you. If you would like to find out more about Shiite Muslims and to pray more fervently and consistently for Shiites, and we invite you to do that, the email address is shbride, S-H-B-R-I-D-E, at rightbox, R-I-G-H-T-B-O-X, dot com. shbride at rightbox, dot com. And if you happen to have access to the internet, uh, there is a website that you can go to, and I'd like to give you that address as well. It's www.shbride, S-H-B-R-I-D-E, dot blogspot, B-L-O-G-S-P-O-T, dot com. www.shbride, dot blogspot, dot com. We invite you to uh, write to the email address I just gave you, and if you have access to the Internet, to uh, log on to this website. Find out more about Shiites and let God speak to you about how you can pray, as well as other ways that you can be involved in bringing those other Shiite Muslims into his sheepfold. In the book of Habakkuk, God says through Habakkuk, one day, the knowledge of the glory of God is going to cover the earth like the water covers the sea. I'm excited about seeing the glory of God expand and grow and flow through all the Shiite communities on planet earth. Because one day, the knowledge of the glory of God among Shiite Muslims is going to be as great as the water covers the sea. Get ready for the tsunami. You're a part of it. You're a part of God's activity. You're a part of God's pursuit of his bride. You know, the end of history is a wedding feast, and you and we are the bride. We say get ready for the, the wedding feast. And we ask you, are you ready to sit next to Shiite Muslims at that wedding feast of the Lamb? The Lord Jesus wants them there, and we do too. We hope it's your heart's desire that they be the bride that God wants them to be. That is certainly our desire as well, you guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to come and share your passion, your heart for the Shiite people and what God's doing and what his heart is for them and how we can get involved through prayer and uh, getting to know more about the opportunities. And, and who knows, maybe God will even be speaking to some. I hope and pray he will. Uh, be speaking to some to commit their lives to reaching out to the Shiite Muslims like you two are. And uh, we just pray for you that God will give you grace and strength and provide for you in every way that he can fulfill his greatest desires through you for the Shiite people. I I'm sure that that's his desire. God bless you. Thank you so much for doing this interview with us. Well, 
there you have it, another very powerful testimony of what God's doing in the Muslim world and uh, an opportunity for you to pray and get involved and learn more about uh, what God is doing in, in the unreached peoples in the world. And we're going to continue with this theme. Next week we've got a very exciting episode with uh, Dr. Daniels. Dr. Daniels is from a Muslim background. He's from the country of Iran and was a radical Muslim terrorist making plans to kill Christians, to kill Jews. And his story is amazing. It's like another Apostle Paul story about how God captured him. You don't want to miss that next week's episode. Please vote for us on Podcast Alley and other podcast search engines. Please come to our website that has the show notes at godnews.podomatic.com. And uh, you can also email us at godnews at podomatic.com. So remember that URL again of our website is www.godnews.podomatic.com and an email to us, which we would really appreciate hearing from you, to godnews at automatic.com. Okay, God bless you. Thank you.